Welcome to Talk It Out, the show where we discuss the Sunday message. Uh, my name is Chase. I'm one of your hosts, and I'm joined by Ross. What's up? And Jeff. Hello. And today we are discussing Toby's message, Toby's first week back uh, this past weekend. Ultimately, the message was about the recipe, I'll say, the recipe for endurance is kind of how he set it up, and it was good to have Toby back. To get us kicked off here, what was a line that you heard yesterday that you would call a Toby classic? Because oh, I feel like there was a bunch of them. What was your your favorite one out of out of all of them? I was honestly, I didn't hear it. I was waiting for the, uh, everybody wants to be an overcomer, but nobody wants something to overcome. He said that. He said it? He said yeah, it I didn't hear he it. He said it at the 9 o'clock. Oh, I heard the 11. Were you the 11? Yeah, he did yeah. say it actually towards the end at the 9 o'clock. Yes. That's so funny. I was like, yes. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> Uh, Nine o'clock, people heard it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think that was the one because I was thinking the same thing. I mean, he didn't say presence isn't the absence of something; it's the True. or freedom isn't the absence of something; it's the presence of someone. He Which didn't say that one. Would have worked yesterday really well. It would have. Uh, did you hear? Did you hear one? I, that's that's oh the, the car, of. the whole deal. Like uh, oh, coming to church doesn't make yes. you a Christian <laughs> any more than going into your garage makes, makes you a you car. A car. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of people that's laughed, which one. we kind of laughed about. I think there's so many new people here at Cross Timbers, which is really cool because like I've heard that line forever. Like even just if you were here at all in yeah. like two years ago, you oh, heard yeah. that line. Oh yeah. But there was a lot of laughs, man. There was. Laughs. That was really funny. Good, good, good old classic lines yep. there. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, let's get started here. The the passage that Toby used was James chapter one, and he talked about the book of James obviously being uh, a very practical book. He didn't exactly say it this way, but kind of mentioning like it, it's sort of like the Proverbs of the New Testament. Like it's really practical in the way you live, the way that you operate, the way that you can live like Jesus and do the things he did. And so he uses that verse about letting perseverance finish its work. And he kind of had his three Ps, which <laughs> were problem, perspective, and person. And so I want to start off because I thought the first one being problem was kind of interesting, like this idea that like we need a problem or we need resistance when in our world technology schedules like the way we live we typically like to operate away from problems and away from resistance so like how do you how would how did you manage hearing that yesterday of like almost like not necessarily like looking for a fight or looking for a problem but like how do we manage the tension of avoiding problems that we should avoid and like allowing problems or going after things that are going to cause such resistance that they become these big problems. How, how do we manage that? Like when you started talking about that, I, I resonated a lot with it because especially after COVID mm. in my generation, I kept hearing this like, I don't know if I can survive another historical event or another problem coming my way. But I think those are the moments where you actually get to decide who's the type of person you're going to be. For some reason, there's this weird natural thing within us that just wants us to go back to normal all the time. But the truth is that life is never going to be normal. Mm -hmm. There's always going to be problems. And those are actually the moments where you're deciding who you are, where you're going to put your faith in, which ways you're going to walk instead of just kind of living day to day with nothing happening. Mm. I feel like that, uh, yeah, we have a bend towards trying to eliminate problems in our life. Yeah. And because of that, we associate our life with being good or bad based on the amount of problems in our life. Yeah, you know, it, like what he said was, you have to trust that God is good 
And if we have problems in our life, we tend to think that God isn't good because we have the problems. Mm-hmm. And if we don't have problems, then God is good. Yeah. And so I think it was, to me, it was more normalizing like, hey, problems in your life doesn't mean that your life's going bad. Mm. You know, problems in your life are normal. And I think you said in the in the nine o'clock, problems are not a sign that like God's not there either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the the idea that your life is... When it's going good, God's there. When it's not going good, he's not there. Yeah. Like that's that's not what God's word really says about him. Like right. he's there through all of it. And I think Toby even mentioned that of like basically saying like he's he's in it with you. Yeah. He's not absent from you and then present with you. Like yeah. he's always there no matter what it might be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. The other thing I thought about too in meeting with couples and just kind of reading about relationships is that oftentimes, you know, there's this, there's this trope in marriage that you shouldn't fight, you know, or like, Mm -hmm. especially like young couples will like come, I'll do, I do a lot of premarital counseling and young couples will come in and they'll be like, you know, really, we, we don't really fight a lot. Almost as like a good, like a, like a sign of the health of your relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's necessarily true. Like, obviously if there's an abundance of conflict, that's a, that's a, a red flag. But a lot of times conflict actually leads to vulnerability. And when you share vulnerability, that leads to intimacy within your couple relationship. Mm -hmm. So like, I don't know about you guys, but I share this a lot in times when I meet with couples, but like if I get in a fight with my wife, a lot of times if we can healthily work through that and have resolution, I actually feel closer to her after the conflict than before because I was actually able to like share my heart, feel like she understood me, same way with her. And so I think the same can be true about problems in Mm -hmm. our life. Mm -hmm. If we develop the perspective that like we can get curious and see them as an opportunity for growth rather than like something that's holding us back, then there can be kind of deeper relationship with God, deeper experience of life, deeper love for others, et cetera. That's good. So the idea of basically the the philosophy of challenges or problems is that they're going to come. And so, yeah, we avoid ones like, we're not going to say dumb things out loud that we know, you know, I'm thinking of a marriage, uh, you know, context here. Like we're not going to say things that we know are going to get us in trouble, but there are going to be problems and fighting and problems aren't a sign of like health either, but they're a sign of opportunity, which is kind of what Toby said of the challenges and problems present an opportunity for something to be built in you. Yeah. Well, maybe we just need to like dissociate problems with health or not health. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we do is like- I feel like the health or not health is how you deal with the problem. Exactly. Which Jeff just said too- dissociate because like we can't control we can't control most of the problems in our life right yeah. like covid or pick your thing like you t- you said our generation like the 911s of the world like all the the Recession. crisis that happened yeah. yeah like we can't avoid those things they mm-hmm. happen right. and i also don't you know rashi said too and toby mentioned it i don't think God's idea was for us to avoid those problems. Mm-hmm. I also don't think God sent sent these problems. I'm using quotes here, like sent all these problems to like try to make us better. I think yeah. the world is the world, and and it it operates and it moves and things happen. And so, yeah. the like you said, the the idea that we're going to face those problems, we can do what we we can to avoid things, but the problems necessarily like those are going to come. How we choose to fight, how we choose to be intentional, like yeah. that's what's going to build that endurance. And I think that's like part one's probably problems. Part two, I think, and I love that word resistance. Like, and he talked about the weight training thing. I, first service, he talked, you know, about Josiah <laughs> that and was fun. Yeah. lifting weights, all that stuff. Yeah, I'm looking at Jeff because Jeff was that clearly at the eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I love that idea of resistance. Like that almost feels different. Like that's like a whole nother category because when we go up against resistance, it's because we're typically pushing against something. If you're trying to make a positive change, you're going to go up against some sort of resistance, even if it's just personal. Like you want to yeah. change some habits, something in your life. Like there's a reason you've been doing what you've been doing mm-hmm. and it makes you comfortable and yeah. how, for whatever reason you've gone down that way. And so making a change you know, that is a challenge. And so I think that idea of of resistance can be a sign of a fight towards something good. So mm-hmm. like you said, Ross, like if I'm trying to challenge our family, you know, me and Serena with something and the fights happen, you know, mm-hmm. like we don't have to do those things, but if they're better for us, they may cause resistance, but they could lead us into a, a better life, a, a closer life with God, a better life with the things he's blessed us with. And so- to me, like, as you think about resistance towards, like, positive change, how do you operate differently from, like, the negative problems? Like, how does endurance, how does this idea of seeing that resistance as a good thing, like, how, how do you make that work for you in your life? Mm. I This is weird. I always kind of equate it to, like, being a, a child. And, like, with my son, there's so many good things that I want to give him, mm. and he resists me on it. Like, now, like going to bed. Like, let's go to bed so that when you wake up tomorrow, you are not a terror and that you are happy and not tired. But he'll go, no, I don't want to go to bed. And he'll give me 87 excuses about why he shouldn't go to bed or why he shouldn't eat this thing or do that. And I, when I sit there and I look at him, it's like, I know for a fact that this is better for him. But I also know that as I've grown up, I still do the same thing that he does with just more complex stuff. God is trying to give me something good. Or even like somebody in my family is trying to help me and I'm sitting here going, no, I don't want to do it. Why? I can't tell you. It's probably something (laughs) broken within me. But I know that just because there's that resistance within me telling me I don't want to do that doesn't necessarily mean that's a good thing. Mm. And I can kind of take a step back and go, it's good for me to eat healthy or it's good for me to have awkward conversations with my family members, things like that, even though I don't want to. Yeah. Let me like clear that question up based off what you just said, Jeff. How do we lean into positive resistance? So like problems, we get that, but like how do you push through those barriers that are keeping you from growing, that are keeping you from ultimately like becoming more like Jesus? I feel like that uh, it's hard to decipher between positive and negative resistance. Mm -hmm. For instance, like if there's a loss in your family, that doesn't feel good but good can come from that Mm -hmm. if you're able to endure and persevere and like allow God's work to happen within you. And you're not going to recognize the good in it in the midst of it, but maybe after you get through like the perseverance work that happened through that will produce something in you Mm. that is positive for your future. When I think about like, how do you endure? How do you push through? How do you lean into positive perseverance? I do think it's just like consistency and discipline like doing, trying to do the same thing every day, um, go in the same direction every day. Like I think that's that's probably one of the things that is a core of Toby, my dad's message messages is like, mm-hmm. hey, when things get hard, you just get up the next day and try and do it again, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that's so, I think it's biblical and I think that it's so practical and there's, there's a lot more hope in that than some strategy to like endure through, you know, it's just like you keep doing the things that you know are going to produce fruit in you. 
mm-hmm. and you you stay on those things over and over again. You know, I feel like that's what. Yeah, and that's like you talking just made me think about that. Like understanding the things that you know are going to produce fruit. Understanding God's character towards you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like He doesn't want you to live in a world where you are struggling with guilt all the time. And so if you feel this guilt pressing up against you, it's easy to lean in and press it, press back because you know that's not what God has for you. Yeah. God wants you to have joy and peace and patience and all those things. Yeah. Well, that is and that is the 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 two things that he said yesterday and the perspective piece was you have to believe that God is good and you have to believe that God has enough for you, yeah. right? And I think the way you do that is through your consistent practices, mm-hmm. whether that's community, prayer, scripture reading, worship, serving, like whatever it is, like these are age old things, you know, in Christian yeah. history that have centered us back to who God is in our lives, mm-hmm. you know, that's and good. staying within those practices can help us help keep our minds in the place that no matter what season we're going through, no matter if it is a grief, like that feels so hard, you're feeling at the bottom of, you know, the barrel, but still fighting for that belief that God's good through it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that you never question that. Yeah. Or it doesn't mean that you don't ever worry, like, can I make it through this? Do I have enough? Yeah. Um, but you, that the consistent message in your brain, the consistent message in your heart can be that. Yeah. Yeah, those two questions, is God good and does God have enough for me? I think those are great day starter questions, you know, no matter what you're going through or, you know, you wake up and it's going to be a good week or, you know, it's vacation week, whatever, or it's going to be a hard week. Mm -hmm. Like coming back to those two questions or questions like that helps to get your mind in a good place to start. And and I think that idea of, like you said, Ross, these things we do every day, like that was kind of where Toby started to hit with, Mm -hmm. you know, and he mentioned the, the manna story of the old Testament. And then even the language of Jesus in the new Testament of, of his prayer, the modeling prayer of give us this day, our daily bread, like this, this idea of daily provision Mm -hmm. is seen throughout the scriptures. Sometimes it's, it's literal manna for the Israelites as they were wandering in the desert for 40 years. And sometimes it was, you know, it's the spiritual, you know, manna, the spiritual bread of our daily needs being met. And I think that is such a hard concept. And that's something I, and, you know, I've talked about this. I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago on, on one of our episodes. Um, that's a hard concept for me because everything in life would say to think long-term mm-hmm. and to make long-term plans. And so to, to dig into the most important aspects of our life, like the internal spiritual aspects and say, don't worry about tomorrow. And, yeah. and Jesus said that, but still don't worry about tomorrow. Like that's difficult. You know, it's, it's difficult for me, you know, as I, as I look at my calendar, I see all the things I have this week and we all have things like that. And so it's hard to, to not get down the road and all these other areas. So let me ask this, like, what would you say to encourage someone? What steps, what, you know, it could be practical or not, but like, how can somebody stay in today? Like how can yeah. somebody really depend on daily bread? That kind of leads me, there's a line that Toby said that I think was my favorite of the message. He said, you have to develop perspective before you get to the problem. Mm. And I think when it comes to the daily thing, like a lot of people, whenever we think of the problems in our life, you think of the big overarching problems, whether it's finances, you know, whatever, these kind of large ideas, but none of us have the mindset of like today. And the truth is, is that 
very rarely are you going to have a 100% perfect day. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be some sort of problem that develops, whether it's at work, whether it's in your family, whether for some reason you're just tired that day. And to actually have that time to sit and think about, is God enough for today? Mm-hmm. Whether today is going to be good or whether everything goes terrible. Am I still going to be at the end of the, the day thankful that I had that day? Mm-hmm. Or thankful that I have another day tomorrow. Yeah. And so I think just sitting back and developing that perspective of, I know today will have its own problems. Understanding that, meditating on that a little bit, and then getting your mind and heart set to, even though today's going to have its problems, God is still enough and he's given me everything I need to get through today. And so that's it for me. Yeah, I think, you know, you mentioned, uh, Chase, the don't worry about tomorrow passage. And that's actually, I was just looking it up. It's in Matthew six, right after the prayer, give us this day our daily bread, the Lord's prayer. Mm. I've thought a lot about that passage in the past. And, uh, you know, the way that I think about this is that we obviously need to be spending most of our thought time in today and in the present. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But I don't think, I mean, there's, there's so much scripture that points to the, the, the power and the purpose of planning too, right? Mm-hmm. And thinking forward. But I think what we tend to do and what, when we get overwhelmed is when, is when we think about the future, right? And we try to figure out what's gonna happen in the future. Well, the way that I've tended to think about this is if you think of your like thought life as a ratio or as a percentage, mm-hmm. like I think that planning is important mm-hmm. and, and worrying about the future, like worrying about what's gonna happen is important. Yeah. But we tend to spend a majority of our time there. Yeah and a minority of our time in the present. Mm. And that needs to be flipped. Like I think whenever God's saying like, hey, I'm providing for you today, like I'm gonna provide all your needs today. What he's saying is like, let's spend a majority of our time, let's spend 80% of our time thinking about the present Mm. and then 20% of the time worrying about the future. Mm. And like practically for me, what that looks like is a time every day where you can plan and think about the future, but then the rest of your day, do your best to be like, okay, let's put that off until the next time when we're going to think about this mm-hmm. and spend and focus. You're not ignoring what's going on. You're not worrying. You're not uh, ignoring your anxieties or your worries. You're just giving them a proper place in your life, That's good. you know, and then the rest of the time you can free your mind. You can, you can push that to the side and, and think I'm going to live in this moment and live yeah. in this present time. And there's a couple elements to that because we would say, well, when we do that, what happens? Well, now, you know, you're present in your moment and like you could help someone that you may have ignored because yeah. you were so, you know, busy in your brain thinking about stuff. But like beyond just that, like, of course that, but the freedom, yeah. like the freedom mm-hmm. that comes in, in being present, yeah. the freedom that comes in getting to enjoy today, yeah. to yeah. enjoy simple things. Mm-hmm. I think about here in, in the studio, like stepping out of here and being able to have a, you know, five minute conversation about someone's weekend. Like, right. It's fun to catch up, right. but when you're so, like you said, when it's flipped and you're so focused on, you know, the next thing you have to get to, the mm-hmm. the the next meeting or the next thing tomorrow or the problem that you know is coming this weekend, you you don't enjoy life. Yeah. Like, forget trying to serve somebody with right. that extra time. Like, you don't no. enjoy your own self. Yeah. And so that mixed with with that freedom and once again the words of Jesus of you know my my yoke is easy, my yeah. burden is light. I just I keep thinking about that of like the word burden doesn't seem like it can be light. Like burden seems heavy. It seems weighty. It seems like this is going to suck. This Mm -hmm. is going to be hard. And so how can a burden be light? And that's what we're saying. It's, there's going to be problems. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be burdens, but 
the, like they can be light. Yeah. They can be, they can be easier. They yeah. can be smaller. They can have less of a, a detrimental impact on you. Yeah. yeah. And well, that can be the case when you're focused on the, yeah. the bigger portion of today. Yeah. And I, I mean, I even think about like yesterday, he's, he started the message with, with, it doesn't feel like we're winning. Yeah. Right. And the same, like, I think the same thing is true. I think about the word pressure. Like, it just feels like there's this pressure on us that's like a yoke, right? Like, mm. it just feels like it's heavy on us. Yeah. And so when whenever we're able to live in the present, then it feels like that pressure, that yoke is lighter. Like, there's, like, I love that analogy, Chase, of, like, just walking out and being able to have that five-minute conversation. Well, if we're so worried about the things we need to take care of and the things that our boss is asking of us and, you know, the the things at home that we need to, that we need to stay on top of, then we miss those moments, mm-hmm. yeah. right? And it feels, that pressure of, like, okay, there's all these things in front of me that holds us back from living and really living in freedom, yeah. you know? I'm just picturing, sorry. <laughs> it, it's honestly like when you said winning, it's it's reminding me of like watching Dallas Cowboy interviews and they're just like, I'm just focused on doing what I need to do for the next play. Mm-hmm. And if we do that enough, we'll win the game. Yeah. And it's like, it's the same way. It's, it's, it's like silly, focusing it's on right. today. Yeah. If you win every day, probably going to win at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's huge. It's a good good segue to promoting Home Team, our new series starting yeah. this Sunday. Nice. <laughs> I'm excited about it. But yeah, I, and I think we'll wrap it up with with kind of the end, you know, the words of Jesus we keep coming back to and Toby wrapped up with, it's about a person and it's not you, it's about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, and I'm going to, this is kind of, you know, we always have like a question. Here's my question for today. Yeah. What is something cringy that you hear in church? Or you hear Christians say or use, it can be a metaphor, it can be a just kind of like a poster statement that people just use as a cliche. Mine, and Toby said it yesterday, was he said, are you dating him? Like, are you dating Jesus? And I've always struggled with that. I'm like, oh, gross. Book? Do what? Kiss There's dating a, goodbye. Yeah, kiss dating goodbye. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, uh, the dating is my thing. And I'll come back to that in a second. But what did you think about like cringy Christian statements? What's something that oh sticks out gosh. to y'all? There's so many. Uh, there's one, like, I get it, and it totally makes sense. But on the other hand, I don't get it. <laughs> and it's let go and let God. Mm. And I'm like, I don't really know what that means. Uh, to me, that's the Christian version of, like, stop worrying about it, mm. which, as we know, doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Let go and let God. <laughs> I, I thought you were going in the direction of, like, him um, talking about ways that you measure your spiritual life or whatever. Mm. And I, I mean, I hear those all the time. Like, you know, my my grandfather was the deacon at our church and I was in Sunday school every morning, like trying to give this pedigree oh, yeah. for like why you're like, yeah. why you should be spiritual or something. I don't know. Which that, is bad because we don't even have Sunday school at Cross Timber. Yeah. So you're just <laughs> exactly. not going to be a good Christian exactly. here. <laughs> exactly. The, the hard ones for me are like all the God is in you, like the... God wants to go. I'm trying to be. It can it can almost become inappropriate when mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you know. Uh, I mean, I understand like the whole idea of God's living in your heart and all of those things. Jesus is in your heart, but just though that whole thing, I'm like, do we not see the association here with, with what we're saying? I don't yeah. know. It just feels yes. weird. It's kind of along the lines of dating, but maybe just a couple steps. Maybe for a few steps. For, yes. Yeah. 
Sorry. No, I know what you mean. It, yep. It's like those worship songs. Yeah. Like, yes. To some of them, I'm like, if you played this in front of someone who is not a Christian, doesn't come to church, they're going to think you're playing a sexual song. Yes. Like, yeah. you're too far. Yes. We've gone too far. Yes. Which comes back to, I think, Toby saying, are you dating him? Yeah. Because uh, that just that line is odd. But his whole thing is, you know, and he used the line of, you know, coming to church doesn't make you a Christian anymore and going to your garage makes you a car. The, the idea of like, do you have a personal intimate relationship with Jesus? Yeah. And as I think about the dating line, as much as I'm like, ah, it is a good thing because I, I go back to think about your spouse, your significant other, mm. like go back to the dating moments with them. Yeah. And, and like, I think about my time with Serena and it's like, I was obsessed with her. And so my whole day was spent thinking about her or thinking about when I got to see her again. And then she's creeper. I know super <laughs> creeper, but like, you know, planning things for her. Yeah. And like, we were broke college students, but I was figuring out ways to yeah. try to take her out or I worked at Best Buy. I can make a picnic cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I worked at Best Buy for a little bit and Serena loves video games. She had a Wii back then. She has a Nintendo Switch now, but I was quitting and Best Buy has like a really good discount on accessories, not like TVs or consoles, but like controllers and games and all that stuff. And so I had like, 20 bucks and I was able to buy these controllers with like the little grip protector things on them. Mm -hmm. And I gave them to her. And of course, you know, $20 in college is a lot. Um, and she was like, Whoa guy, like you're a little obsessed here. <laughs> I was like, eh, I got it cheap. I got it cheap. But I just remember like constantly wanting to be in communication with her, wanting to give her my attention, wanting to know what she was thinking, wanting to like discover you know, who she was and, and what her dreams were. And I'll leave it at that, Ross, because, you know. <laughs> but but that idea of, like, do we have that same level of want to, you know, in, in our relationship with Jesus? Like, yeah. have we have we been around the block so much with him? Have we been to church so much that the, the polish has kind of worn off? Like, we yeah. get it. We know the truth. Are we still intrigued by him? Are yeah. we still passionate? Are we still anxious about what he's going to do next. And and as much as I may be trying to make that work, that dating line work for me, I think that's a good question to ask because for us especially, but a lot of us, people who are listening to this, like we're probably in church a lot. You know, mm -hmm. we're around these conversations a lot. And I think we get so far in the weeds of stuff, of church, of schedules, of serving, of giving, of doing all these things that we do like, and it seems cliche, but it's true. Like we forget who it's really for. We forget the God behind all of it. Mm -hmm. And and I think that that whole piece, Toby wrapped up with Jesus calling that, that sort of daily coming back to who Jesus is and asking those questions. Like that's what keeps that fire lit. And that's what keeps that energy there in our relationship with Jesus, because and it all ties together. It's easy to think about tomorrow. It's easy to get worried about things. It's easy to cloud our our thoughts and our heart with with feelings and and thinking that isn't good for us, but also isn't life producing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like a relationship with Jesus is life producing. And so, as you think about, and maybe you don't like dating him, but he talked about you know, are you you know, spending time with him, talking to him? Like when Toby asked that, what was your response for yourself? And you don't have to use the dating thing, use whatever you want. But as you think about your relationship with Jesus, and I think this is good because I think this helps people to be honest and vulnerable and examine their own relationship. Like, where do you find yourself today? Yeah. I think about 
a lot of times, and my life has been this way in the past for sure, but a lot of times I started thinking about, you know, the that your life looks different on Wednesday than it does on Sunday or whatever, you know, that you compartmentalize your life. It's the old kind of saying like that you come to church, you know, on, on you're saying on Sunday and a sinner on Monday or something like that, right? And I feel like one of the challenges that we face is and it, it was mentioned in this message, we've mentioned it before recently, but is feeling like our actions and our behaviors dictate our closeness to God mm-hmm. or his his availability to us. And so like when we start behaving in a bad way, mm-hmm. you know, whenever we start making mistakes, then we start to build a wall and close off that relationship to God because we feel like we're not worthy of coming to God kind of thing. And that like shuns that relationship for us or blocks that relationship for us. Then over time, what I feel like is that we end up not being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Like you can show up on Sunday, you can hear a message, you can listen to the worship music and never reflect and look inside yourself and see the places that are dark and that God is with you in. And if you showed those to him, you would feel ashamed or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. Uh, and so I, I think for me, this all comes back to like, for me, like I, I really want to develop this sense that like, there's nothing I can do that can separate me from the love of God. Mm-hmm. There's no action that I can do. And and just realizing and recognizing that I have a God who's with me, who loves me, who is proud of me, no matter what happens. And that foundation can then push me to develop that intimacy. And then my life looks different because of that, yeah, you know? So that, that to me, like that whole dating thing, and it's almost like you need to be doing these things to be close to God. And for me, I've come to this place where it's like, I need to relearn who God is to me in order for me to engage in anything in, in the world, yeah. Yeah. you know? And that happens through doing those things, yeah. right? But just shifting that, that thought and that perspective for me has been my journey recently. Yeah. Uh, for me, honestly, I've been having fun just kind of reviewing my relationship with God. It's funny because like before we recorded this, we were talking about Charlie Hall. But like one thing I did this weekend is I listened to a Charlie Hall song <laughs> that I remember like really impacted me when I was 21, mm. 10 years ago. Um, and so I've actually been spending time like going through the things that might seem cheesy now, but for some reason were a huge impact in my relationship with him when I was younger. Uh, and it's just been really nice because it's kind of re-reminding me of the things that I felt and the truth that I learned uh, that got me to where I am now. Because now it feels like everything's all, you know, we're in the deep water now and everything's a little <laughs> bit more complicated and all that stuff. But then remembering all those easy truths about who God is and how he is, like, my relationship with him and how all that started. And it's just been really, really nice. It's good. It's cool. Well, yeah, I, I think that's a great thing for us to leave with. And, and Toby asked it. And what I about ask, for you, Chase? Oh, I, don't make me answer. <laughs> no, I, 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 that was my deal. Hearing that yesterday, I did. I just thought about, okay, and for me, it's the limited time I have, which we all have limited time, and I, I've been telling myself, I've been preaching that to myself, you don't have time, you have three kids, you blah, blah, blah. But, like... Fine, like you have limited time, but what are you still doing with your limited time? Right. And it doesn't have to be three hours in your prayer closet from 3 a.m. to 6 Mm a.m. That's not going to happen because you're making bottles. But for me, I think it is like, okay, so in your limited time, what are you doing with it? Yeah. And is it scrolling? Is it, you know, watching The Office for the hundredth time again? Or is it just pausing? Is it being quiet? Is it taking a moment to meditate on a scripture? Is it listening to 
Charlie Hall or a worship song. Like, yeah. is it, you know, what, what are you doing with that time that can connect you back? And so it's not just going through the rhythms and the motions. It's, it's actually being connected. And so that was, I think for me, when I heard that, my thought was, okay, like take your limited time. Cause that's, that's what helps you stay intimate with Jesus. Not just come to church, not just the, the easy things, but like, really like, in your in your spare time, whatever that is, for you know, like I said, for me, that was my thing. Is like, how am I using that? And does that does that point to me still desiring that sort of relationship with Jesus? And so, yeah, that's where good. I'm at. If you guys want to know the name of the song, it's "You Are God" by oh. Charlie Hall. It's a good time. It's nice. a good listen. Give it a listen, everybody. I need to go. I need to go listen to one of the United albums, mm-hmm. one of the Hillsong United albums. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I just have like college. Yeah. You know. Uh, there was an album that I was I, I was super into, and then went and saw them, and mm. it's like yeah, marking for me. Yep. What, what would be the music for you? Uh, so it's those three songs in a row from the Hillsong United album from two thousand two or three, and it was um, like All for Love was in there. Shout unto God, I think was the last one. Nice. And then uh, what was the first one that was on? I think it was number. Is that the one where it's like an avalanche? That was a big one for me. No, that was the, I think that was the next one after that, okay. but. They and like you said, they tied to a moment when I was on a mission trip, but then they've been kind of those anthem songs I'll go back to that that help me remember, you know. And it's like remembering the love of your youth, you know. As, yeah. And we read that throughout Pro- Proverbs and Psalms, but you know that really is like the the childish love of, that I had, you know, whatever that meant for you. But that that young love, that early love in your relationship with Jesus, like that was all those things that was passionate and, and fiery. And, and, you know, for me, it was, I'm going to just be at the church all day long, all week long, all summer long. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause I'm going to pray. I want to help. I want to do whatever. Like that may not be practical now, but there, there's still a way to stay connected like that. Yeah. And it's not tied to a building location, whatever. And so, um, but yeah, that's my, that's my go-to. So it was early, early 2000 songs for sure. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us for Talk It Out. Uh, And just a reminder as well, in 10 days, 10 days from now, we have Talk It Out Live again, August 18th at 7 p.m. in Argyle. Um, Invite someone to to come with you. Looking forward to getting to sit down and have those conversations. We had a great time in July, uh, our first one that we kind of soft launched. And so we're looking forward to that happening. Talk It Out Live, August 18th. So we will see you there. We'll see you this Sunday coming up for Home Team Week 1. Josiah will be kicking off the series. And uh, we hope that you have a great day, whatever day it is that you're hearing the song. We'll see you next time on Talk It Out.